HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brent and Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostriches, wine, and dough. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet. We both make big hand gestures. Mm-hmm. I'm Italian. I talk with my I talk with my hands. Are you there? Are you Are there? Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Hi, it's me, Breton. What episode is this? Eleven. Can you believe it? Yeah. Eleven human episodes? Welcome. Wait, you should do it. Really? Yeah. Okay, how crazy. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, the podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and Breton. Horrible. With your hosts, Brett and Scott and... Brett and Scott? And... Zara Tangora? Yes, that's right. There's two Brettons and a Zara. All right. Okay, everybody. I need, I need a tambourine. Oh, oh I, wait, ha- I have one. Do you really? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey. hey. Okay, here we are. Life's a banquet, a podcast. Yeah. All right. Bye. We don't have anything to talk Uh, about today. Turn of the month here, August, summer 2018. It is as the downers of New York say, it's almost over. Oh, the heat. Oh, I know. Oh, I can't stand the heat. Summer sale. Everything must go. Got to get rid of all these, you know, thongs. Back to school basics. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. hate, ooh, there's something about back to school, even though I'm not in school, that still gets me like really depressed when it's like, August or even the middle of July and then all of a sudden you're like back to school and I'm like no there's some kind yeah. of PTSD mom gives mom's like you gotta get that new trapper keeper Ooh, yeah I just dated no. myself I hey, do I, love a trapper I, keeper though I heard they're coming back really with the choco tacos and the tortilla cheese rolls tacos did I tell you that I want that's the next for this week is choco tacos you did tell me you told us all last week except we were we were drunk i only mm. remember because i listened to our episode well my drunk ideas take a little <laughs> bit longer to uh to materialize i love a choco taco choco tacos okay so here's what you need for a choco taco you need a chocolate dipped waffle shell mm-hmm. that is shaped like a taco. Okay, and then okay. you need some choco. Yeah, so you have to j- dip the in- the inside has to be painted with some chocolate. Ooh, not because you don't want to see that's on the outside. It's a surprise. <laughs> then it must be filled with some type of sweet cream 
ice cream. I think it's just regular. It's like vanilla. Yeah, it's vanilla. Yeah, vanilla but processed ice cream. It's like those ice creams that came in like uh, chip witches and everything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of ice cream, but it's kind of not. It's yeah. like a frozen. It's somewhere in between like a frozen whipped cream and ice cream. Yes, I think my tastes have matured with me, and I would I would like a high quality ice cream. Agreed. Can I ask? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I wouldn't mind hazelnut. Oh, I wouldn't mind it at all. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I'd welcome it. I'd I'd hold up a sign at the airport for it yeah. saying, hazelnut, come with me. So then, what else? Crushed peanuts, right? Yeah. Or you could do crushed hazelnuts. Crushed, let's yeah, keep it a John Dua Choco Taco. A lot of different tacos mm-hmm. come in Choco. Mm-hmm. What else? What else? Well, we had a barbecue this week. Oh, barbecue. We had a fabulous barbecue. Uh, I think you were there. I can't remember. I was at your barbecue. <laughs> I know you were Octopus. there. Octopus. Octopussy and Octopussy, yeah, some of the best corn. Very, very that delicious. Corn. It was like dictionary corn. If you look up corn in the dictionary, and the most beautiful golden kernel slathered in butter. Oh, they were they were bi They were bi, it was bi corn, mm-hmm. super trendy. Yeah, like I don't know, I'm gender fluid corn. I'm like <laughs> I have two colors, and it doesn't matter because I'm sweet. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> We're definitely offending some people, but I think that's very funny. No, I like bi corn, is what I'm saying. I like bi corn too. Bi color corn is v- very delicious and classic spatchcock chicken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, spatchcock chicken, Breton, for those listeners out there who've never spatchcocked anything. Mm-hmm. I don't you- know why this podcast is so dirty. You mean why it's- we're so immature and I know. can't say a word? I- <laughs> <laughs> like spatchcock. <laughs> You're. We're in our 30s and 40s. Yeah. Just for anyone out there who thinks it's two 15-year-olds like talking about farts and cocks while yeah. they're trying to have a food history podcast. But anyway, spatchcock chicken, Spatch-cocked. you cut the backbone out. Mm-hmm. You take a scissors. You yeah. Just, I snip just, it right out. I remember when I first made it a few many years back, I remember thinking, oh, God, spatchcock. It just sounds hard. <laughs> <laughs> you walked right into oh, that yeah, one. It sounds like, speaking of did you ever watch <laughs> did you ever watch the Patrick Stewart where he has, has the chicken video and he, he narrates this no it's like it's supposed to be Fifty Shades of Grey or something oh really but like Patrick a, Stewart or um, yeah Patrick Stewart oh okay Sir Patrick Stewart uh, Sir Patrick Stewart got it got it, got it no I haven't seen it well it is very good okay yeah my friend Jillian I think helped on it oh really yeah 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 okay cool that's fun. So spatchcock chicken. Okay. Yes, I did that. We made, I don't know, probably for like 22 people. I think oh, wait, we never it. told people what it was. You take the oh, backbone right. out. You take the backbone out and kind of butterfly it, but like the reverse way. Yeah. So you're it, you're cooking a whole chicken. Yeah. It's kind of like if it looks like what you, what a cat looks like when it jumps off like a really tall building and it just like sticks its like arms and legs out to kind of fly, mm-hmm. but in chicken form. Yeah. And you grill it. Much like a flying squirrel would look like. Exactly. Yes. And- except it's chicken. <laughs> Yeah, except that's chicken. Okay, and it could be squirrel. Yeah, you can spatch like you can spatchcock anything. Yeah, do you think you could spatchcock a human? Of course, that's funny. Uh, not that I was thinking about it. I was just thinking of somebody. I'm, I can't get the image out of my head. Actually, no, that's weird. <gasps> no, but if like, aliens came down and they're like, "Oh, there's humans are delicious," <laughs> and they'll be like, "Bretton and Zara, we heard you have some great suggestions." <laughs> well, we have How a recipe. We cook this human. Oh my gosh, and we would be the ones that survive. Be like, "Well, here's <laughs> oh, we would be terrible." <laughs> Uh, this is really it's gotten really bad so we did spatchcock chicken it wasn't hard and it was easy and to it was make. very it was very tender it was very tender and then we i made ribs with mm-hmm. kind of like a dry 
like a dry, like a dry rib. So not like a, a dry saucy, rub. Yeah, yeah. a dry rub, a dry rib rub. But definitely fall off the bone. Fall off the bone. They were delicious. I had brined them in harissa, actually. Brined them in harissa, a little salt. And then you cooked them very long, right? I cooked them a long time. So I did a harissa in my actual brine, which a brine is always like salt and sugar. Um, mm-hmm. And then other mm-hmm. savories. Mm-hmm. So I added a ton of harissa to that. Um, and then... I marinated them in a little bit of extra harissa and then I slow roasted them in the oven for like six hours at 200 and then I threw them on the grill to get them nice and charred and then I kept them warm in the oven. So these things were have been through it all. Well, they were. <laughs> yeah, they're like, they please just eat here. us already. Jesus Christ. Wash us down with some bi corn. <laughs> so it's good. We had a really nice time. Beautiful summer stuff. That was a wonderful summer meal. It was fun. My Uncle Blackie made some wine, mm-hmm. and it was delicious, and I chugged it wine. practically yeah, yeah. out of the bottle because I was so excited that he had made wine. My Uncle Blackie's like just the coolest guy anyway, and he's like, hey, made some homemade wine. Yeah. It's an Opus One blend. I was like, this is amazing. And, you know, family parties can be kind of tense, and there was like a... I mean, my family's actually awesome, so they're never tense, but there was a thing we were celebrating that was like high pressure. Mm-hmm. Turned out to be amazing, but I was still definitely on the mode of like guzzling. So I guzzle all this homemade wine, and well, it went, went so down nice. So what you're saying nice, is when you're stressed out, you tend to use alcohol uh, to soothe your feelings yeah, and emotions. totally. Alcohol oh, okay. and, you know, uh, heroin and okay. cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the meth. Above. No, just just homemade wine. No, I'm just taking a couple notes here. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> uh, and would you say when you do drink, you get angry, sad, or horny? Usually. Uh, okay, perfect. Yeah. All right. Oh, Which was awkward at the family some... party. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Usually, so I just spatchcock a chicken. Let's talk about. All right, enough of that, friend. What if you visit a Chinatown? Yes. Okay. Let's every hear Monday, about it. every Monday, I go to Chinatown. I go to Noodle Village. Shocking. The best. Uh, and Noodle Village is on Mott Street in Chinatown in New York City, and it is my favorite restaurant for many reasons. It's really good. They don't, every time I'm in there, they pretend like they've never seen me before. <laughs> I know that for sure I've been there at least 100 times now. Yeah. And that's a lot in two years. It's a lot of times. Uh, but it's very affordable. The service is always good. There's a couple of people that remember me. The, the maitre d' asked me if it was my first time two weeks ago. Yeah. I said, my first time? I said, I have... I screamed at her one time. I'm a nice guy. I didn't scream at her. I remember it was a this long time. story. I was trying. Yeah. Anyway, I love you. This is not. I'm not an irate customer. We had. We didn't. We had. In fact, we spoke to each other. Yeah, in high voices. In and I spoke as if I were speaking in a different dialect. That right. Was English. Yeah. And it was English. Okay. So I've been away. Monday we go to Chinatown. We go to Noodle Village, and I always walk around, and I love because I learn something new every time. And I just discovered this last week, there was a, a new melon that I've wow. never seen. It's all, all of a sudden you're walking down the street, right? In Chinatown. Oh. And you just walk and suddenly you turn your eyes and there's some man with sunglasses holding a, an 18 inch cleaver cutting <laughs> a two foot melon. Yeah. And you're, and where did that come from? And how, and he's slicing it and displaying it. It's really cool. Everything's two ninety nine a pound. Yeah, often two for four. We got some, we got some passion fruits and some jackfruit. Nice. Uh, and then we got, uh, oh, the mystery. We'll do the. I'll show you the mystery vegetable of the oh, week. Oh, I can't wait. Mystery vegetable slash spice of the week. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, that was a really fun, wonderful visit to Chinatown. That's awesome. I love Chinatown. I really do. It's like we were just mentioning this to each other yesterday, but we'll share it with you, dear listeners, how it's fascinating that like this is a part of New York that we've both 
lived, I mean, we've both lived in New York for what, over 15 years? Yes. Each? I'm almost at 15 years. Um, and you can still, and how many times in 15 years have you gone to Chinatown? I mean, hundreds and hundreds of times. I have a new Maybe saying. Thousands. I, I have a new saying that, because I live in Brooklyn, I say, I don't go above Chinatown. It used to say like, oh, I don't go above 23rd Street. Or, exactly. I don't go above 14th Street. Uh, I don't go above Chinatown. I love Chinatown. I do go above it and below it, but I mostly like to be in it. Mm-hmm. But it's awesome. But it's really cool how you can have gone to a neighborhood so many times and it's still fascinating and new. You still mm. learn things every time you go there. There's all these gorgeous, beautiful things everywhere you go. I forgot to tell you, I had a, I was trying to find fresh pandan. Okay. Uh, which is that it's a, a Southeast Asian herb uh, that I can't describe the taste. It tastes like uh, Captain Crunch or something. Mm-hmm. It's a, It's a very unique flavor. Anyway. Pandan, and instead we found a Malaysian pancake place, and <gasps> they make uh, pandan pancakes. No, pandan pancakes. Did you try one? Yeah, and inside is sweet corn with Whoa. ground sweet peanut, and it's folded in half. I'm gonna murder you right now. And I'm it, so and jealous. It, I was. I have to say, I was a little skeptical. I thought, well, you know, let me try this Malaysian street food. Uh, okay, and the woman was very nice. I asked her many questions, and she just kept answering, uh, "Pandan." I said, "Well, oh, is that?" Where do you have fresh pandan here? And she said, Oh, pandan. I said, No, it was fine. There was a language yeah. barrier. Right. So I just ate it and it was delicious. Oh my we'll God. We'll go there. It's, it was a Where wonderful Where is trip. it? It's on, I think, Pell Street. Okay. So anyway, that was a wonderful, wonderful treat. Oh, how fun. Oh, it was, that, it was a blast. That's amazing. And I sat next to a little sound, uh, sign called Gay Lou. I saw that on Instagram. Gay Lou, yeah. I was eating a. How perfect. A, a Malaysian pandan pancake in front of Gay Lou. If only your name was Lou. Yeah. That is just the, <laughs> the, it just, folks, it does not, sometimes it just doesn't get any better than That's present true. Time. That's true. Well, uh, I made some cantaloupe sorbet yesterday. What, what, why, who, what, blah, 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 blah. Well, if you recall, I had the double uh, ass-shaped cantaloupe. We all, oh, we remember. And as it turns out, if you've been following the story, I apparently thought I was in the right for getting it f- for $4. And Preston, after a while, said, that was two cantaloupes. You should have paid $8. Well, that cantaloupe got me through five breakfasts. <laughs> cantaloupe and cottage cheese. I'm on a diet. Nice. It's August. Well, you look fantastic. Yeah. And by diet, I mean it's just part of my diet. Darling, what have you been doing? Are oh, you on a cantaloupe and cocaine Cant- diet? <laughs> cantaloupe and cocaine. It's <laughs> all the rage. Adderall and... Uh, so I, so cantaloupe, lots of breakfasts. Yeah. Uh, and I decided with the other fourth of the half, which is yeah. still, they're very easy. The each other half cheek. Is, uh, and you can watch my video and I told you how to. Your video is I have everything. A, we to have me. our secret video that we will. It's very uh, dirty. If you go on our Patreon page and donate a dollar, we'll give you this video. Please do. Uh, it's how I disassemble and uh, core. A cantaloupe. You must core your cantaloupe yes. when they're connected. The cantaloupe sorbet turned out wonderful. I had it last night. What did you do with it? Like, can you tell us the ingredients? Well, I did 685 grams of cantaloupe. Okay. And then to that, I added 65 grams of a sugar and honey syrup. And then I wow. added an additional 30 grams of corn syrup, naturally. Oh, wow. Okay. A pinch of salt, uh, one and a half tablespoons of lime juice. And I put it in my automatic Cuisinart ice cream maker nice uh you know if i had to do it over again uh so the problem with making sorbet at home as everybody knows is crystallization yes and we will get into this in a whole thing but crystallization 
occurs because you're freezing and there's some, oh, I added some water to it, of course. Okay. Uh, so that means the water inside your mixture freezes, duh, because it's water. Yeah. And it turns into ice crystals because, of course, it's water and mm. it creates a icy texture. Yeah, and that's not And fun. that's not good when no, you're trying you. to eat ice cream and sorbet. There's stabilizers and there's other ways of doing it. You could throw a shot of vodka in there. Yeah, I've always used, when I'm making sorbet, I always use uh, liquor. Mm-hmm. I was going to put vodka and I didn't have any and then I was gonna put rum in and I drank it <laughs> <laughs> oh Brett then I was gonna put Cointreau in and I realized I need to save that for next week's margaritas and oh, oh. life is hard life right? is tough, I know. God, problems anyway Cove- what else don't what kvetch no no, so, no 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 what <laughs> don't you kvetch oh, about the don't can- you start with me no kvetching over the cantaloupe Breton mm-hmm. so that sounds good yeah. um I wish that uh you had saved me a bite Right, I have every time you make something, you tell Wait, me how delicious it is. You want to get it right now? We'll yeah, try I'll it. Pause. Okay, and I'll pause. Make some candles survey. You know what I mean? Okay, cheers. Cheers. Uh, oh. <laughs> I came back with um, a scoop of cantaloupe sorbet and a bonus Pacifico. Uh, because you know what? In the summer, what I realized what sometimes I just like to have one beer in the afternoon, and maybe and then like four gin well, martinis I, at night. <laughs> And 16 martinis later. <laughs> that way I just feel better about myself. Totally. Uh, no, I had I made this little sorbet and it, we're about to try it. Looks it. Amazing. It's, it's very frozen. And remember, I'm going to tell everybody something when you make ice cream and sorbet because it is summer and you should absolutely be doing it. And if you have a very uh, cold freezer, you do need to temper your ice cream. And if you remember from our, was it episode two, our ice episode? Yeah. I think I talked about, you can go ahead and listen to it right just now. Just re-listen okay, to it. Okay, you're back. It's been an hour. Uh, remember that frozen things, it's okay to leave them out at room temperature for 10, 15 minutes. Totally. It actually helps them and it's easier to scoop. So when, you know, dad, dad brings out the ice cream, he's like digging with all his might. Just, yeah, just let just the ice let, cream chill, chill out, out for 10 minutes. Take it out of the freezer like 10 minutes before you want to eat it. Yeah. Instead of just Test being your starving and like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Take 36 deep breaths. I had a happy accident the other day involving fruit, frozen fruit to be specific. I, uh, yes. my free, my refrigerator is on the fritz as some of yours may also be because it's summertime and it gets kind of Pipe hot, hot and then it gets too cold and it's hot. So I had a bunch of delicious nectarines that were in the back of the fridge mm, and I went and bit yes. into one and it was frozen and uh, I was at first very irritated. Yeah. Oh was, gosh. I, I spent like, $5 oh, a pound at the farmer's market. Exactly. A frozen nectarine. I'm going to kill somebody. So <clears throat> I didn't. Because you know what I realized? I enjoyed it. My my ten my urge to kill went down skip, immediately. Yeah, skip the middleman. You didn't even, you skip the sorbet. Exactly. It really. But in all seriousness, it was actually like eating a peach, a nectarine sorbet. It was amazing. Well, what the? Okay. And now I'm throwing them in the freezer on purpose, and then I let them defrost a little bit, and they're delicious. A nectarine semi fredo. Yeah. All you have to do is just put it in the freezer. That sounds absolutely delightful. And you know what? If you have a nectar, if you buy too many or you have one that like kind of gets bruised on the way home, <laughs> your friend just burped. No, I beer, didn't. But like, I have a Pacifica. Like surprised himself. Can I try the sorbet? Mm-hmm. Is it tempered okay. enough? Uh, oh. Oh, it kind of fell apart. <laughs> oh. Patch. Oh. Uh, I, it's actually a granita. I'm so sorry. Mmm. Mm. Oh my god! Oh my god! It tastes like a cantaloupe. Do you ever notice when people eat sorbet? Wow! They say, "Oh my gosh, it's really this good. tastes like raspberries." Yeah, because it it's is made a, from a raspberry. It's almost one hundred percent. Mmm. Mmm. It needs to be tempered. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. It's so cold. Mm. It tastes like a freezing cold cantaloupe. I'm telling you, put the cantaloupe in the freezer. Yeah. Next time you can throw your ice cream maker out the window. That's right. Okay. This is very good though. So yeah, just treat yourself. Have a little scoop of. I think Absolutely. Like, mm, it should be really good. Oh. Oh my god. Brain freeze. Brain freeze. Oh. <laughs> That's our name of our new band. Brain freeze. We are brain freeze. One, two, one, two, three, four. Fuck you, Brooklyn. Fuck a fuck a sugar. Okay. This That's episode is yeah. going off the rails, but I in a good way. Mm, well, I'm going to talk about something that we don't talk about a lot. Okay. And it's our our own our very Kevin? own. No, it's our very Sorry. own nuts. <laughs> Who's Kevin? Yeah, oh, my personal assistant? <laughs> no, that book. We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the kid's like a psychopath. I have a personal killer. assistant named Kevin. Oh, really? I thought you were talking about that. No. I'm picturing it like, <laughs> you ever seen the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer gets a personal assistant for Kramer Enterprises and like they end up like dropping a giant ball of oil on Jerry's girlfriend. But one of their big projects is uh, getting ketchup and mustard in the same bottle. <laughs> Which is what I could picture you and Kevin doing. Yeah, Kevin's working. What on kind a lot of stuff of do you and Kevin do together mm, currently? Right now, Kevin's just working on. Uh, he's just working on uh, consulting and just. Perha- I think the big goal this year is efficiency. Okay. And so and cost reduction. Oh, okay. Yeah. So everything is. We want more efficiency. We want bigger, uh, better, stronger, faster. Uh huh. That's definitely the, for the last quarter of 2018, and I want. Uh, and I want. Uh, quicker okay not just bigger i want quicker and faster and faster and stronger yeah because quicker is a little bit different than faster right right you had mentioned that you were working on a chicken skin um a gluten-free chicken skin noodle Mm -hmm. is that like still coming together yeah the the company should be up and running uh probably all of whole foods will be purchasing it amazing if i ever get a meeting with them and kevin's doing the taste testing on that yes he's doing all the is that why he had a heart attack last week well, you know, chicken noodle, <laughs> chicken skin noodles were not meant to be eaten all the time. I decided to talk about something. I called my dad. Okay. And I listened to our last episode, the martini episode, and it reminded me of the story about my grandmother. My, my parents, you know, Nanny Poppy, my parents, uh, you know, they were, they were really raised in, they were Depression era, era uh, people, and they were, they were raised in poverty, uh, and even that extended during World War II into the 40s and even the early 50s uh, they literally did dumpster diving and just were raised like uh, like a, a litter of puppies mm-hmm. and and about hickory nuts oh and so i wanted to talk about the other nuts of native america wow Wait, native america Na- <laughs> our own north america our nord <laughs> no america nord the candle the cantaloupe <laughs> survey is freezing my tongue i can barely speak <laughs> When you said Native America, we need to leave this in. I think it's funny. The Native I nuts. didn't even like, I knew something sounded wrong, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell what exactly. Well, for those of you that don't know, uh, <laughs> it was hickory nuts. Hickory nuts are native, is what I meant to say. Okay, Too much enough. of the Appalachian Mountains, okay. uh, the East Coast. Uh, the Midwest, and I think they go far down as North Florida and Georgia. And there's several varieties of the hickory tree, but probably if you're around those regions I just mentioned, then shagbark hickory is probably what you notice. And all I was trying to think about 
I thought about barbecue. Okay. And we were talking about barbecue sauce. And then I, I was thinking, gosh, what's the most famous barbecue sauce? There must be a really good story. And really the only two barbecue, barbecue sauces I could think of were Sweet Baby Ray's mm-hmm. and KC Masterpiece. Now, KC really? Masterpiece was invented in 1977 by some okay. dude. And it was the most boring story. He's like, just like, oh, I want to make a great sauce. And he sold it and then yeah. became famous. And then uh, Sweet Baby Ray's is from Chicago. Is that the white one? Uh, that was the white one, exactly. Uh, neither of which I'm a fan of. I don't like bottled barbecue sauce at all. I don't <laughs> I do not do barbecue sauce. But when I was a kid, when we used to live with my grandparents, and I was definitely like not attended to as much as most small toddlers should be. So I would sneak into the refrigerator, and I have very distinct memories of taking raw hot dogs and dipping them into mm-hmm. a bottle yep. of barbecue sauce and sneaking like hot dogs. And so now that I've told the story, I'm fully aware I'll never find another boyfriend. That's fine. I'd rather be honest than in uh, love. Are you kidding me? That <laughs> like, uh, are you kidding? Ladies, <laughs> men, she's taking wieners and dipping them in sauce. Ladies, men, bicolored okay, corns. Yeah, bi-colored. Pay attention. <laughs> Pay attention. She likes to dip long things in sauce. Okay. <laughs> so first of all, barbecue. Okay. Let's talk about the basics of barbecue sauce before we get back to hickory nuts. Barbecue sauce okay. is a sweet and sour sauce, right? Yes. This falls into the category. It's often very sweet. There's usually some molasses mm-hmm. or some brown sugar. There's some tomato paste. Uh, there is, what else? Some vinegar. Vinegar. What else do you put in a barbecue Herbs sauce? Herbs and spices, Herbs of course. Herbs and spices. Natural flavoring. Yeah. Casey's not going to give out his mask. I mean, cumin, paprika. Um, exactly. But it's usually a tomato based sweet sauce. Yeah. Uh, and what? Oh my God. An earthquake just happened in Brooklyn. Jeez. That was terrifying. I'm glad we lived. So yeah. So that's that. So it made me thinking of how in America we associate the barbecue with American thing. Right. 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 And hickory. Hickory smoked meat. Of course. Hickory. I found out. And for those of you that don't know, because I'm, I am not a barbecue expert, uh, but in general, no, now North Carolinians think that, oh, barbecue should be pork because oh, yeah. our ancestors, and I don't mean the ones that originally inhabited North America, but more the Christopher Columbus kind of person. Right. Not the Native Americans. Yeah. Came over from Spain and they they called it barbacoa. The Spaniards. The Spaniards. And they probably came up for the South and they, right. they interjected with some, some of the Caribbeans who right. were cooking, you know, pigs were cheap back then and right. swine was cheap. And this is, I mean... Who knows, like 16, before this, 1600s, 1492, 1400s. I'm saying that people were uh, barbecuing for a long time. Slow cooking a meat over an open fire. I mean, honestly, since caveman times, it's like like the oldest form of cooking. Barbecue. Yeah. Of course, you know, we call it sauce in America. Right. So, yeah, we think barbecue is always, always has to do with like a sweet sauce. Mm I, I see where you're going. We're trying to like re re put our minds around what barbecue actually is. Yeah, it's really just. But it was actually grilling. brought over from uh, from many immigrants and Spaniards and yeah, all kinds of and the Native Americans, Native Americans in Native really. America. Now the Native Americans used to use hickory nuts uh, to make a milk. Okay, among other things. I mean, the first of all, hickory is a hardwood. Now a hickory nut. Uh, if you want, if you do decide to become a hickory nut farmer after you listen to this podcast, <laughs> uh, you should know that the first fruit, uh, if you want to open an orchard, uh, it takes 20 years after you plant a hickory oh, nut. Oh, wow. So our baby listeners are maybe the ones who could exactly. benefit most so, of this. So uh, here I'm thinking, I go, gosh, why are we not having more hickory nuts in our, in our, first of all, 
to crack open. So I grew up in Wisconsin. Okay. In case I've I have heard said that a hundred thousand times. No, we should uh, keep remembering. <laughs> sorry, they were all living in northern Wisconsin, right? Well, in, I, I'm sorry, uh, not northern, northern uh, southern, southern. Southeast Wisconsin, all, all the while. And uh, they would har- harvest, you know, the uh, wild uh, asparagus, early asparagus in spring, and, of course, apples and berries. And one of my favorites of what they did was uh, was nuts, especially hickory nuts. Because uh, I recall, I mean, even as a, my earliest memories, uh, maybe on a, on a Sunday, on a nice early fall day, on a beautiful fall day, you'd go out and, mm-hmm. on some country roads and, and, lo- and look for the... Uh, Hickory nut, the shag bark hickory nut, that mm-hmm. tree that has that yeah, that's what we blink like shaggy bark. And There's never a forget. lot of hickory nuts there, and you pick them, they fall off sometime around September, and maybe end of September, early October, and they they fall off. They're about the size of a small golf ball, and they kind of split open in fours. And Whoa. so they're this green pod, and it, it uniformly splits open, and inside is a tiny little nut. Uh, and yeah, they would go and... Um, and uh, go on the country roads, and then you could you'd find a tree to pull over. And the roads weren't crowded in those days; you know, you'd rarely see another car go by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and so you would, you know, these hickory nuts would be on the ground. And of course, critters love critters love them. Uh, yep, you know, yep. uh, if if you didn't time it right, the squirrels and the chipmunks and the mice would get, would get them. Deer, of course, uh, eat them. And uh, but uh, but you could pick these hickory nuts off the ground, and then my my father and then. When I got a little older, me, uh, we would climb up the trees and then you'd kind of jump up and down and stomp on the branches and a, a shower of these hickory nuts would come down. They always said like, hard as a hickory nut, you know, like your are I don't know. Like if you're like a hard-headed person? I think they refer to Andrew Jackson as being oh, really? hard-headed, hard as a hickory nut. Oh. Because you have to take a hammer to get those things open. Really? And then Yes. And then after you take the hammer to get them open, oh, the nut will just gracefully fall out after all this effort. No. You have to take a nut pick. And what? yeah, and you have to take a nut pick and it's very painstaking. I'm sure there is some machinery now if we had it. Yeah. Uh, but uh it is you know, it's but, not an easy nut to pick. That's not this is this ain't no It's a hard nut to crack. As, that's a hard nut to crack. As they say. Now, Breton, can I ask you a question? <laughs> <laughs> oh I, here we go. So it begins. Yeah. Zara's had half a beer and yeah. she's just like, obsessed with asking Breton questions. Um, have you ever eaten a hickory nut? Mm. I grew up, my grandparents used to collect the hickory nuts, as you just heard in the story. Yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, they, up until, I'll still go gather hickory nuts. They're delicious. What does it taste like? It tastes, you know, it tastes like a hickory nut. Well, it tastes. <laughs> excuse me. It tastes, well, it is, rel- <clears throat> it's, uh, I believe it's related to a walnut. Okay. And if my information is wrong, well then screw you. Yeah. And go look it up yourself. Do your own I'm, hickory nut yeah, podcast. Yeah. Sorry, I'm. Too busy running around the city to be doing history lessons. Exactly. No, I think it's related to the walnut, and uh, it has that tannic thing that a walnut has. Okay. Uh, but it is strong. When people say like, oh, "It's really nutty," like a nutty cheese, right. I think of hickory nuts. It's, oh. it's a little bit more intensified, drier tasting, and uh, it has a. It's robust. Oh. The sweet meat of a hickory nut. And my grandparents used to make chocolate chip cookies. And here's the thing. Here's the thing about hickory nuts. Okay. Uh, you'll think you get every last little oh. particle in, and you'll be eating this wonderful chocolate chip cookie, and suddenly you're like, and you hit it with your teeth, and it's, just, oh, it's and hard. You, I mean, I've never cracked a tooth. Yeah. The shell is so hard, though, and sometimes those uh, 
those shells would be mixed in with a nut, and those yeah. are the ones that will break a filling or a cusp of your, your tooth. Of your you gold them. incisor that you had. But you could. You could, yeah. That sounds mm-hmm. very dangerous. Now, if you want to skip the nut part and just make hickory nut milk, uh, which... Uh, was used by Algonquin Indians apparently in Cherokees, and uh, it's a almost like a it's the, they were making the first nut milks. Yeah, so you, you crack the nuts. You don't have to crack them open. You're gonna smash them. Yeah, and then it's one part nuts to three parts water. So go ahead, uh, get ready for your harvest this fall, and you can you boil those for a little while, and then you strain them, and then out comes the hickory nut milk. Oh. And that's what my grandmother used to do. And my father will tell you all about it. That's amazing. What did the Native Americans, is, is there any um, any writings about what they would use the hickory nut milk in? Well, they use it a lot for hominy and cornbread. And they almost Ooh. use it as a, you could, uh, apparently there was a system where they would shove the nuts in there and beat them inside of a log to make a pulp. What the hell? That's yeah, amazing. You can use the substance to spread on their early cornbread. Oh my so, God. cornbread and honey butter. Was already yeah Yum. yeah so all this stuff has been as you can see yeah that's I don't know really I like chill. to know be like oh cornbread biscuits and butter like where of do you course. think all this came from definitely not from dumb boring ass white people that's for sure no it was a mixture of a uh, uh, European and Native American oh so it was right? dumb boring white people and yes and interesting <laughs> Native Americans <laughs> well I think it was a collaborative effort. right we you know everybody took it to the next thing but um yeah so and apparently okay so I found out that the name Hickory was actually from the word uh, Pocachicora, classic, you know. So Pocachicora, Chicora Hickory. What's Pocachicora? I don't know. That was the name they had for Hickory. The, they Native the Americans? Algonquin. Yeah, the, oh, that's I so think cool. it was Algonquin. Wow. And it was from somewhere in Virginia. Amazing. So that, and I, I personally don't know a lot about Native American history, mm-hmm. uh, though I am learning through this wonderful <laughs> yeah. uh, medium of food. No, it's... You can, it's Just crazy that we don't know more. We should have really like uh, been educated more about it in yeah. school. You know, and then so the other nuts that I, per- they're my personal favorite, are black walnuts. Oh, they're everywhere. Black walnuts we are everywhere. We encounter them all the time. My mom has a tree in her yard. Your mother has the tree in her backyard. I didn't even know I, what they were. I thought they were tiny like limes. Well, so. Just kidding. Uh, black walnuts, uh, the Latin name for that is Juglas nigra. Okay. And that is, uh, again, it's a type of walnut. It's darker, and it is very different than the thin-shelled English walnut. That's the walnut that we most commonly associate with Christmas time and mm-hmm. shelling walnuts around. Sissy It'll- walnuts. Sissy. These walnuts are for real. And the black walnuts, uh, the, the, they just, uh, they're on the ground, and uh, usually you don't get them very well off trees. They don't seem to... Uh, there are black walnut trees are harder to climb, and uh, and uh, you pick them off the ground, and they have that meaty, pungent husk, and uh, with a lot of tannins in it, it stains your hand. And- these are black walnuts, and there's some couple really cool things you can do with these. Like what? Uh, what can well, you do with a black walnut? Well, you can put it in your chocolate chip cookies and have the most divine <gasps> chocolate chip cookies ever. You could Yum. put them in fudge. Fudge? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. When's the last time you had a chunk of fudge? Uh, in Mackinac Island in Michigan. Oh my, oh my God. Yeah. What was the year? Uh, the I was stayed at the Grand Hotel and it was the year 1990. And it was fabulous. And I sounds like rode you need f- a, more fudge. And I was in a pool 
I was, a, I took this little acting class. It was my dad was for a medical conference. Okay. Doctor's kid. Yeah. Oh, Bretton will like take the. Bretton will have fun swimming in the pool and eating fudge. We had a, yeah, we had this wonderful uh, acting teacher. It was probably his summer job and he taught children's theater. And we were in this pool and I was uh, riding, a, there was like a pool horsey, you know, like a floaty <laughs> horsey. And I had a head and this girl pulled it under her and I was like, where did it go? And then she popped it back up. And it hit in between. It hit my nuts. This your, is the story. Your it testicles hit my, it hit or your nuts. black walnuts? It hit my black walnuts, and I had some serious damage, and I had a bruising all on my inner thighs. And I was, of course, I was twelve. And I was so oh embarrassed. Oh my god! I was so embarrassed. Oh. I did not want to show everybody, so I was limping. It hurt so bad. And I ever, my dad said, "What's wrong?" And I said. Oh, I think I just stubbed my toe or something. Oh I, my I, God, that's terrible. Where did the fudge come in though? Well, so Mackinac Island is in Michigan, which okay. you should absolutely go see it. And it's there's no cars. So you ride around that's on a bicycle amazing. or horse carriage. <gasps> and anyway, so they're known for their fudge. And of course, you know what? I I was looking, I was thinking about today and I said, Have, when's the last time I made fudge? And I realized- Never? Never. Yeah. Okay, so- I like peanut butter fudge. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the fudge. Yeah, that's right. She'd put them in fudge. Every now and then, she'd you'd get a little a little bit of that super hard hickory yep. shell in there, and it's so hard. And, it is uh, very hard. I think at, at least once and perhaps more than once, I've, I've broken a filling off from the so cusp. It is on a risky. And I think this is a common experience people have. Well, so for those, so I started researching fudge recipes. Because that's what one does on a <laughs> on a Tuesday on a Tuesday morning, <laughs> and I noticed so many fudge recipes called for marshmallows melted. What the hell? With a bunch of brown sugar and maybe some cocoa and whatever flavors you want. I mean, yeah. you can have any kind of fudge. Sure. I like a traditional. Uh, basically, what fudge is is a sugar caramelized with some chocolate, right, or other flavorings. So basically, you know, you take nearly three cups sugar and then you can add some chocolate you say like four ounces of chocolate it could be unsweetened it could be not sweetened depending you want Mm -hmm. and then some milk and then you bring that to a sweet little temperature of 234 degrees fahrenheit on on your nearest candy thermometer amazing you just have a fudge recipe in your in your mind well you know i like to i just that was kind of funny it was like 685 grams of (laughs) i know no but anyway so you do this of course there's some butter in there and then you just set it so you set it to that you could add your cup of black walnuts oh my god that sounds delicious or hickory nuts and it is divine oh we're gonna do it this fall let's make stay tuned so black walnuts are very unique because when you you can do two things, like I said. Well, many other things. But in the beginning of the season, before the nut becomes mature mm-hmm. and it's still soft, you can pick those green little things. And the Italians have that thing called nocino. Oh, okay. And that's made from black walnuts. Yeah, black walnuts. And you can you can make that's that cool. at home very easily. You cut the walnuts in half. You harvest them in early June. And you cut them in half and you can soak them in Everclear or a strong yeah. proof vodka. That's awesome. And then you wait a year. That's really <laughs> awesome. Put it in your closet. We should make that with the walnuts that are in my mom's yeah, we house. Should, we'll do it next next June. Okay. I forgot to do it this summer because uh, I was too busy uh, working in the Hamptons. Uh, so then, uh, at the end of the season, when the walnuts mature, the black walnuts, you can't just pluck them. Okay, now you're, they're they're going to come out. and They're going to look like a tennis ball. Oh wow, that big? They're big, and Not they smell man. like the most wonderfully fragrant. The green outside smells almost like orange zest mixed with Ooh. some evergreen, and it's just delightful. Oh, and fabulous! If you try to scrape it with your hands, it'll stain your 
hands and iodine brown or orange. And it will get in your clothes and never come out. It'll never wash out. So what you have to do is you have to put it on a rooftop or something or dry it out for about two months. Okay. <laughs> All these things this are is, very easy. No, but in your spare time your between sp- your nine to five job, go yeah. collect the walnuts. Don't touch them with your bare hands. I guarantee you your Martha rooftop. Stewart is drying some black walnuts as we of speak. Of course she is. She has more hours in the day than other people. And She's- so should you. Yeah. So if you can't do it, just ask your neighbor or your neighbor's children and give them a project. Uh, anyway, so that's the third, you know, and then the other nut uh, is chestnuts. I love chestnuts. My gra- my grandma, Violet, who mm-hmm. was the my mom's mom who immigrated here from Yugoslavia, she loved chestnuts. And uh, I personally don't have the patience for chestnuts. I will only use them really if I buy them already peeled. Yeah. But. Every Thanksgiving, she would peel them with her grandma hands. And it was just like, there's something so in my mind and heart that like every time I think of of chestnuts, I think of my grandma. They're very popular in Italy and Southern and other parts of Europe. And well, America used to be just covered in chestnut trees. It was the, it was all over the Appalachian forest. And at the very, at the turn of the century, a fungus came over and it was called the great chestnut blight no of america that's and it, terrible it decimated the, uh, almost all of the trees a fungus among us yeah and the thing is people relied on chestnuts not only all these nut trees that i said also make beautiful wood cabinetry yeah and musical chestnut, instruments of yeah. right chestnuts it's just gorgeous they're wonderful hardwoods that are super sustainable oh. and they last forever and of course the, apparently, I read somewhere that you know chestnut trees have been around for forty million years, and wow, and this fungus ruined them all almost in forty years. That's really crazy. That's so around awful. like early, you know, like 1907, it reaches New York, and oh, by no. 1950, almost all the trees are gone. Do we have no chestnut trees anymore? Well, there are. There's some other. There's American chestnuts, and then they, you know, there's the other ones that have those like really pretty. They look similar. Yeah, but they're different. What kind of wood is your piano made out of? Do you know? I don't know. It's probably <clears throat> something. Imagine it's chestnut. It's like the last chestnut piano. It's worth like ten million dollars. Yeah, I don't think it. I don't think an an Asian Yamaha piano is made from chestnut. But it could be. Actually, yeah. it could be. Who knows? Well, I think this is very very interesting. I'm a as you all know, I'm a nut lover, and mm-hmm. a, and a nut guzzler. She loves. I love nuts. She loves wieners and nuts. I love it's true, folks. <laughs> hey, if anybody wants to give me a call, my number is 917-555-5552. Um, Never give your number out on but public But I do, I do love nuts. Um, I eat a lot of almond butter. I love pistachios. I love hazelnuts. But, you know, these... Th- and obviously, people are almond-obsessed now, which causes a huge issue in California Mm -hmm. because it takes what a gallon of water to grow one almond. That's what they're telling us. Yeah. And the water situation is pretty bad in in California, lots of droughts. Um, so here we are just like packing our mouths full of almonds. My I'm guilty as charged and we could be packing our, our bellies full of black walnuts and hickory nuts Mm -hmm. and they're very hard to again these they require a lot more labor okay so which is why which is there's a reason that right. almonds and english walnuts and all these things right. became and peanuts yeah peanuts there is yeah, well peanuts are different than tree nuts right what well, a peanut peanuts, is a legume a different, right peanuts, tree nuts a peanut a different than tree nuts a peanut a girl oh. oh sorry that sounds weird oh no, no there was actually <laughs> there's people outside there was the a little girl outside staring at me 
She's staring at us in like a way where she looks like she's trying to look through us into our souls. She is cute. Summer camp. She's our new upstairs neighbor. So I guess I would say that just to remember that there is this all stemmed from my visit to Chinatown because there is just a world of everything. And I thought, isn't that weird how typical we go about our our everyday lives and we just say, oh, you know, we get what is it like almonds, walnuts or pistachios or something. Right. And that's just it. Oh, stops there. And there is just a whole world out there. Brenton, can I ask you a question? Mm, yeah, sure, of course. No problem. <laughs> no worries. What, okay, can I just go ahead? I have a question. Will you go first? Well, you said, I said no worries. Okay. And I wanted to take this moment to talk about the epidemic that has taken over uh, all of customer service. Okay. This is a PSA from Brenton Scott. Okay. And do you remember a long time ago when I used to work for, <laughs> when I worked uh, for Zara and I would tell the staff, I would say, hey, everybody, I was managing the front of the house and I said, you know, when you talk to guests and customers, try not to ever use a negative. Try not to say, you know, if you said, hey, can I get, you know, I can't, can I have that without butter? Don't just say no. Said, you know what? Uh, If you don't like butter, I would try this salad. Right. (laughs) Try to redirect people. (laughs) And then I would also say. If you don't like butter, try this stack of paper towels. Yeah. Have you ever had a paper towel? (laughs) Just crumple it up, shove it in your mouth. And shut the fuck up. No Perfect. Pro- no you're problem. Not, you're not being negative. And so what I said was, and everybody, the when people would say no problem, and mm-hmm. no worries, it is an epidemic across customer service right now. People don't even notice it. Interesting. Uh, I started saying as a joke, and I'm not trying to tell, say that everything's wrong, but I used to say, when somebody says, hey, uh, can I get a glass of water? And they're like, sure, no worries. And I, I think... But I wasn't worried. Right. So now you're putting two negatives. No and worries. No worries. And then or no problem. Like, yeah. hey, can I get could I get some more ketchup? No problem. I said, but there was never a problem. Yeah, there was never the a problem. The problem is you don't bring me enough. The problem is that I love ketchup and you're not pouring it into my mouth. And I was talking to the director of Forbes. Forbes is the they kind of create the standards <laughs> for for service in hotels. Yes. They're kind of, you know, like five stars, fours. Eh. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to the director of Forbes and he oh, said, it is me. very hard to get the new generation to stop saying no worries. Yeah. He said they're saying all over the world. No worries. No worries. New, no worries is actually very passive aggressive. I can, it's, I just. Oh, no worries. It's like really, you because you seem like you hate me right now. Yeah, no worries. No worries is what I you say worried. to someone when you're, when you're like, I wish I could just like smack you right across your okay. f- stupid face. Here's no where you can say no worries. Uh, let's say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Zara, Zara. I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to put that there. Then you could say, uh, yeah, no worries. Exactly. In a different tone. And maybe tone, you should say some worries. Just have a few. Do you remember the worry people? Those little boxes of. <laughs> never mind. There were little boxes of things popular in the 80s. Yeah, I stuff. do. The worry people. The tiny little yeah. people that would Here, go in the box. Here, take these people. Here, yeah. no worries. Take these worry people. <laughs> Excuse me, waiter. I just seem it seemed like you were really worried because you kept saying no worries. So yeah. actually, you were projecting on me. So what I did was I got you this box of worry people that you could use <laughs> when you go to your service station when you're wondering what to do with your life. And between your auditions, that sounds really mean. I can't believe I just said that. No, it's fine. <laughs> I think it's funny. Um, my question to okay, you back is going to your, be back to me. What's go ahead. The, what's the situation with a water chestnut? What mm. do we know? Is it a nut? Is it a is it growing mar- water? No, it's a mar- it's a marsh vegetable. A marsh vegetable? Yes. Yeah. A, mar- a marsh vegetable. Yeah, much like a lily pad. Oh no, that reminds me of frogs, which is 
fine with me. I don't hate them at all. Um, okay, interesting. So what are what are your top three things to make with these? Is that should that be your top okay. three of this week? Well, I guess I would say nuts, right? Okay. When to use nuts and when not to use nuts. It's the age old question. I am a nuts always kind of a guy. Me too. And let me tell you, here's what I like to do with nuts. Please. Well, first of all, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what's wrong with me. I have I, a problem with my brain. Well, let me go back to page two <laughs> when I was taking notes, and I'll sh- I have deduced the information of what's wrong with you. Okay. Oh, right. So let's see. We're gonna start with bipolar number two, but I wasn't sure because it could be number three. Okay. No, I love nuts in for certain things. Okay. Chocolate hazelnut. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing. Banana bread, pecans, or walnuts. I've switched to pecans. I'm all about walnuts and banana bread. I, I see. I like a ban- I like both. I like a pecan. I made banana bread for my dad one of the last times I went down there because I would just go cook for him and he was like so psyched to just have my food. And so I made him a banana bread mm-hmm. with the things he had in his house, which weren't always very healthy things. <laughs> with dates. <laughs> exactly. Well, I made them with Cheetos and uh, St- Stouffer's macaroni <laughs> yeah. and cheese. But I called it banana bread, it so it great. didn't matter. <laughs> I uh, covered it in bananas. Um, no. So he had like honey roasted pecans, like some kind of really like mm-hmm. very high fat sugar thing. And I put them in the banana bread and it was absolutely delicious. I'm sure it was. Yeah, it was very good. Well, I have a little secret. Yes. And when I make my chicken salad, uh, and Bobby, if you're listening, it's not going to compete with your curry chicken salad. It's the class. I like the ch- classic chicken salad. I do too. Different with the grapes and the walnuts. Mm-hmm. Waldorf. Waldorf, right? But I started doing spiced uh, sweetened pecans Car- or caramel. You know, I put them in the yeah. oven with some brown sugar and some butter and some cinnamon. In the chicken salad? In the chicken salad. And I put the and brown butter. Baiting. Put the brown butter into the chicken salad and I stir it in. And it is divine, folks. Wow, that sounds really it's good. It's called Breton's Chicken Salad. Breton's Chicken, chicken salad. salad. We're just, <laughs> sorry, our future commercial writers, we just are exploring that. Email us at Life's Banquet. So Podcast. that's a good use of pecans. Uh, today, for example, I've got in... Now, I've been experimenting. Back back to what I'm doing. Yes, please. Uh, now, I uh, yes. have been working on this pastry crust. Okay. The one from Stella Park's Brave Tart Cookbook, mm-hmm. which I don't have the cookbook yet. Is this Shame what you made the me. peach uh, ham pies yes. from? Yes. That was one of the best pie crusts I've ever had. Well, I modified it a little bit. Okay. And I did the same, I did the same technique, but I... I made some changes. Okay. So you- it's not done yet. I just kept everything much colder mm-hmm. and I I did freeze everything. Okay. And then I used ice water. Okay. That's and I, it was different. So we'll see what happens. And I substituted one quarter cup pastry flour for the regular flour. Okay. Or a fourth of it rather. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I'm doing a pistachio and apricot tart. Oh my God. Now classic combination apparently. Yeah. And Very Sicilian. apricots are all over the place. They're right all now. the rage. Peaches, nectarines, stone fruit, plums, Santa Rosa, like you name it, you've got yeah. it. Anyway, stone fruit. So I'm, I'm going to assemble that later tomorrow morning. So it's nice. all ready to go. So the pistachio, apricot, that's a good one. What else? Uh, about what to use with nuts? Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, actually, when I was thinking about what my top three things to make with nuts mm-hmm. would be, I really like a chestnuts in a stuffing. That's kind of my Chest- family. Oh, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving I already. Mean, it is August. Chestnut stuffing is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I also like a chestnut cream where you just whip together some chestnuts and some sugar and and a little bit of cream. Do you know that? Remember that recipe from Mad Hatter? 
Oh, Mada Hater? Mada Hater? Mada Hater? Mada Hater. The Mad Hatter or Mada Hater? The Mad Hater or Mada Hater. My dad loved Mada Hater. And it's the, well, it's an old, it's the Vesuvia. It's the whipped chestnut. It's a whipped cream. Yeah, I think that's probably where I've had this from. Yeah. So I like that. And then I really love chestnut flour pasta. I'm not chestnut mu- flour I, pasta. When you know people ask me because I I guess I'm known for my pasta making, um, you know, in Italian food or whatever. That's been my that's my big your thing. thing. Yep. Um. So you know, people would always ask, and they still do in catering things. They would always ask at the restaurant, uh, "Do you do gluten free pasta?" To which I would turn my nose up very high in the air and say, "Don't ever talk to me again." Uh, no, I don't make gluten free pasta. But chestnut flour pasta is a is a horse of a different color. Because mm-hmm. that's gluten free and it's absolutely delicious. I love so, it. So apparently you do like gluten free. Well, when I feel like it only, not and I not on demand. What do I look like? Yeah. Yes. Um. So those are my three things that I really like. I haven't really used black walnuts at all or hickory nuts, so I can't speak to that. I found shelled black walnuts available in a bag, in a bag, in a bag, in a bag, uh, at Sahadi's. Oh, really? Sahadi's is love that is a wonderful store on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. In Cobble Hill, we've mentioned it before. Any spice or pickled vegetable, olive, nut. Yeah, you name it. Candy. You got it. Rant, definitely the source for mil- malted all your malted milk ball mm-hmm. needs. Malted milk balls, dried fruits, pepitas, yeah. you got it. Lots of flowers, bulk items. Dried you mango. Can get a bag, of ses- a giant bag, a huge bag of sesame seeds, like, like one and a half pound bag of sesame seeds for two or three bucks. You can get a quart of hummus there for like a nickel. Yeah, you can get a... I use five a, gallon drum of a halva for who knows how much. I'm going to say something right now to the person out there in the world who came across a 10 pound thing of beautiful, delicious halva that I bought for my cousin's wedding that somehow never got put out and is now missing in the world. Please contact me. Life's banquet. It was in bed Life's a banquet podcast at pets.com. Send us an email. Send us an email. So I would say uh, we'll leave you. Well, are we ready to leave? No, I have so much more to say about nuts. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead. Sorry. Well, I want to know. Okay. So we have our top three things. Your top oh, three things. Oh, my gosh. We haven't got to our. I've given you my top three. And I was, I'm understanding it, even though you didn't num- number them. I'm understanding your top three things to make with nuts are banana bread. Mm-hmm. And what else? Chocolate chip cookies. And a hazelnut taqua. And a hazelnut taqua. Classic. Okay. Which a hazelnut taqua is much more complicated than it sounds. It's just whipped egg. It's a meringue yeah. with hazelnuts. Right. And so it makes kind of like a foamy sheet cake, right? Mm-hmm. If you put that layer of taqua between your thighs. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Between the two layers of cake. Whoa. A wackadoodle. Bread. Uh, if you put that between the cake. Then it is just delicious and crunchy. Oh, and so it's a- wait. It is. It is like a a sponge. It's mm, mm, a taqua. Okay, so it's crunchy. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. got it. Got it. Yeah, got it. it's crunchy. Okay, so I think that sounds amazing. So those are your top three things. Now, I have a question for you. Yes, Bren, <laughs> Can I ask you a question? So here I am. I'm going to the market. I've bought ten pounds of chestnuts. Mm, I brought them home. You have. I roasted them. How do I go about? Oh, okay. So here's the the wrench I wanted to throw in it. Uh-huh. I, I cut them on top. I make a little Ooh. X on the top. I roast them in the oven. Good. Yeah. Okay. And then I Run found right out that when I peel them, I've roasted them a little bit too long and they're like pretty dry and hard to get out of the shell. What is something that I could do with them to kind of salvage the project? 
they're hard and they're still in the shell. Yeah, they're you know when you roast them, you like maybe a little too long, and they're kind of like mealy and they like are stuck in their shells and they're giving you a really hard time and you're like fuck these chestnuts. Mm-hmm. Any suggestions on like how to save your chestnut well, making? Well, you know my int- that has not happened to me. Uh, my assistant usually roasts them perfectly. Oh right, Kevin. Kevin usually does them. He's perfectly. been peeling chestnuts but for like two months. I would say I would probably throw them in some like hot water, like steam a little bit. Okay, get some moisture back in there. That's a good idea. What would you do? Um, this sounds like this sounds like this happened to you. Well, it has happened to me many times actually. Um, I was going to say something similar, like to, to overcooked chestnuts are not a roadblock. Exactly, they are a. <laughs> they're not a stop sign. They're they're a challenge. Oh, hello, chestnuts! I appreciate you. I appreciate your presence mm-hmm. in my world. Thank you for teaching me patience and exactly. loving and understanding and flexibility. Absolutely. Well, I was going to say that you could throw them in some water with some sugar and kind of like boil them down to make like a chestnut like flavored syrup and Even then strain better. it. Even better, yeah. Because that can happen sometimes. Chestnuts, you know, when you're least expecting it, just come back and say, not today, Tangora. I'm not coming out of my shell for you or anybody. And you spent 23 minutes drying X's in a weird... Exactly. You cut your fingertip off. In a fruit nut tree. I know. It's crazy. Um, Do you use chestnuts ever when you're cooking? Mm, I made stuffing ones, and last year, remember, I roasted them, and then I never... I was going to make that dessert, and I... Oh, right. They just festered in the Mm, the corner. they They weren't right. There was something about them. Mm-hmm. Anyway, something about Mary. So, anywhere that you recommend this week for uh, places to check out and go eat or drink or well, shout outs you want to give? That Malaysian place, I can't remember it. Hold on. You know what my recommendation this week is? Yes, what? Well, I thought, you know, we're always trying to find the newest and latest and greatest thing. And I found such simplicity. And I did get some cheese from DePalo's, some of my favorite mozzarella cheese in the entire smoked world. Smoked mozzarella? We got regular and smoked. Is it here right now? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I didn't Good offer to you know. any. Exactly. Good to know. Proof. The hint is taken. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I realized that simplicity is that and that I don't, this is, the, this is again, I think we talked about this last week. This is the time of year and you just... You know, it's it's hot, and I don't want to overeat. I want to turn my oven. Yeah. And last night for dinner, we just had some smoked mozzarella with some sliced tomatoes. I didn't even have any bread. That's nice. And I wrapped it in basil leaves. Ooh. And I made little tiny, like, rolled up basil leaves. That's cute. And I, they are, it was delicious. How wonderful. And I felt great when I woke up, and I wasn't overfed. And I, yeah. And I, you know. Just, that sounds great. I lost 16 pounds. Oh, my God. I was going to say, you look anorexically skinny today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, You're welcome. Uh, um, I would like to shout out a place that you and Preston and I went last week because we were martini crazed <gasps> after Sam's. Sam's. We, Brent and I had done the martini episode last week, and I think we both just spent the rest of the week. I mean, we always drink martinis, so I don't know that. This was much of a difference, but it was we had martinis on the mind and old school things. We just wanted to do all that kind of stuff. So we went to Sam's Pizza, which mm-hmm. is actually next to my old restaurant, Brucey, in Cobble Hill on Court Street. For some reason, I never went there when we had Brucey. Neither did I. I don't know why. Because it's too close. It was Well, it wasn't just that. I also had like a wrong perception of it, and I didn't actually think that the food would be good. I'm sorry to say, even though it's an old school place and whatever. So I was chatting with Peter Shelsky who you'll remember from our Bagels and Locks episode a couple months back. And he 
we're, we shoot the shit about food really every time I go in there. What's your favorite this or what's your favorite that? He, I really trust his opinion. He's a great guy and he has great taste. And he said that he thought Sam's was some of the best pizza in all of New York City. And I was like, huh. I can't believe that. So I went in with Preston, your boyfriend, mm-hmm. a couple days later and we had we split a pizza and it is some of the best pizza I've had it in New York. I got to we be honest with you. It was delicious. That's what we went last it's week. It's a classic giant round New York pie. Yeah. Uh, with a good amount of cheese. Yeah. A good amount it's of cheese. It's light though. Like it's the pie light. itself is light. Like it's a light, crispy. It was fabulous. The interior of that restaurant is of what old Brooklyn movies are made out of. Yeah. And they kind of covered it up a little bit. You know, it's very large. Yeah. Uh, they have a back dining room. The first time, remember when I went in, in the middle of the day, I was checking it out and I walked in and some mysterious gentleman from the back room. It's out a polite of gentleman, I'm sure. It was very Godfather. I was like, yeah, you're gonna, how can I help you? I was like, I was wondering about your pizza. He'd be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, do you owe me money? And I, was, I said, yes, I do, actually. If, if I walk in, I'm sure if you met me, I'll probably owe you $10,000 and give it a year. And it's <laughs> just the way I work. I mean, it's a, it's a cool interior. It would be really fun to, you were, we were both saying that would be great to redo it a little bit. Just give yeah. it a little, a little cute facelift. They have the original old wooden phone booths in there. I know. Checkered tablecloths. Oh, a little, just a little uh, buffing. You know, what I mean? like in a Disney movie where all of a sudden, like, there's a star wipe goes across and it's like everything is twinkling. Now yeah. the princess a gay is man. in the building. A gay man like me walked in and be like, okay, everybody, let's just <laughs> let uh, me put on my. Five minutes later, it's like the <laughs> yeah. most amazing place ever. <laughs> Well, I put some uh, some fuchsias out front. I just thought those would give it some pizzazz. <laughs> now, out in the back, you'll notice some coleus. I noticed there were some shades, so I didn't <laughs> want to give it too much flair. Uh, now, you do understand. It's very fabulous. So, Lou, if you're listening, please holler at us. Um, but the pizza was amazing. Pizza's great. It's very, very good. And a martini. It was just yeah. like a fun experience. I really like it there, and I want to become more of a regular yeah. there. My shout outs this week are nectarines, plums, and Dude. peaches. And go get yourself. Some of those. Get stoned. Get stoned. On stone fruit. Stone fruit. Hey, you know what? Sometimes when we're doing this podcast, I really feel like the, you know, sweaty balls thing on a... Mm, Yes. I just feel like, are people listening to this and we're like, oh, and another thing you should get very excited about is stone fruit season. It's upon us. (laughs) It's delicious. There's plums and peaches. (laughs) Go That reminds me of those fabulous Santa Rosas I had once in 2013. Oh. I made them into a lovely tart mixed with apricots, I believe. I did once win a tart competition. I bet you did. What did you make? Well, we were. it was when I worked at Franny's. Okay. And there was a very small, close-knit staff there. And uh, and all the chefs and all the waiters and everybody got together and said, we're going to have a tart bake-off. Really? So one Saturday, and even the people that didn't work that night came in, and I, and I well... My friend Vanessa will say that she won if she's listening. Vanessa, but we, tell us she the made truth. a galette. Oh. And it was a tart competition. Mm. Now, mm. I'm sorry. Mm. Mm. Vanessa. I just think a galette's so- a galette's and a tart's a tart. Oh. I assumed when you say tart that you mean you're going to use a tart A tart pan. shell. Tart mm-hmm. pan, tart shell, tart pan. It's going to have some lovely fluting. It will be in the shape of a long irregular rectangle mm-hmm. or perhaps a small a circle an eight inch circle perhaps a lovely uh, a larger a square something that looks like a tart mm-hmm. with a removable bottom of course of course and i did peaches and plums 
okay. glazed it with some apricot jam. That's the only way to go. Any kind of cream in there? I didn't do any cream. I wanted just the fruit. I wanted just the fruit. Frangipan? Yeah, just n- ain't no frangipan. No frangipan? No, because I said to, I'm making pistachio frangipan today. <sighs> Good God. I don't know if that's So what if Vanessa, so Vanessa really won, but you she are your own winner. She had a gorgeous Don't get me wrong. Okay. We decided that we tied. Okay. But in everybody knew that I won. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. What if everybody's... Everyone said, actually that was the most disgusting thing, and we just there's said that. probably a lot of your old coworkers listening right now at home yelling into their their radios, being like, "Brendan is a liar." They're gonna be over here any second with the yeah. torches and whatever those yeah. things are that the Grim Reaper carries. You're a liar. Uh, yeah. So I was going to do mystery vegetable of the week. Do it. Pots. Uh, All right. Uh, so here I have in this classy. Uh, classic kind of bright red orange chinatown plastic bag which will soon be am banned. i gonna be blindfolded again i loved that one yeah I well no because i already told you what i was what i was this is you can't really my eyes are still closed though, so okay? the gentleman that sold this to to us it was two pounds for four dollars so this was two dollars for this we have a giant uh, oh it's callaloo yeah callaloo okay callaloo aka amaranth it? leaves now these leaves this leaf beautiful the leafy green, and I'm all about leafy greens, uh, is has a lovely magenta center, and then it kind of looks like a small spinach leaf, mm-hmm. very thin. And it was like an ASMR thing for people. I like oh. to chew with my mouth closed. I don't. Zara likes to chew, chew with her mouth open. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Listen, I was raised in a barn. She was raised in a barn, only child. Shouldn't have older brothers. I do what I feel her. like. Telling her to smack her on the head. Okay, so I haven't cooked this yet. I mean, today, obviously, because we're eating it raw. Uh, but I would probably just do a really easy saute with this, right? Yeah. You really don't want to, you don't want to. I always said with greens, people are like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? The le- less the is more. Less is more. Yeah. The less is more, and the more you know. And the more you know. Dun, 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 yeah. Dun. Wait, that's confusing. Well, it's up, it's up for our listeners to figure out. Mm-hmm. We don't want any dum-dums listening to this podcast, so get on the get on the level, people. So, I th- again, this goes down to uh, different things and different greens. Instead of spinach, everybody's like, oh, do you have a side of spinach? Isn't that just funny how Americans have chosen certain things? Not just Americans, a lot of people. Yeah. And we just decide that this is our regular thing. Every restaurant must have a salmon and a side of spinach. Right, and every restaurant is, in Native America. And it is just interesting to me that there are so many wonderful, beautiful things because life is truly a banquet. It is a banquet. And there's so many wonderful things. And I'm not perhaps spinach one because it is really delicious. And Spinach is fabulous, yeah, but... Just like, you know, maybe I like a roast chicken more than I like a guinea fowl or something. Right. Uh, but it is nice to vary up things. Absolutely. And once in a while, have some amaranth greens or kololo. Kalulu. Kalulu. They have it a lot in Jamaican cooking. Uh, the gentleman that served us was so incredible. He was the fastest vendor I've ever seen. Really? He grabbed the spinach in less than four seconds, had it weighed. I, I don't even know how he did it. He just grabbed it. He goes, oh, oh yeah. He shut it in a bag. He's like, $2. And then, I was, and then he, that was it. And then we were, he, he almost, with his eyes, pushed us out of the way. Wow. In a very nice way. Yeah. Kind of like, Next. And That's we didn't amazing. even know what happened. And I said, this is the best. I wanted this guy to, I was like, let's hire him. Yeah, right. Just to be around. He can be your new Kevin. He's my Kevin, new Kevin. you're well, out. This guy, you're in. Yeah. 
Hey, Kevin's lazy anyway. I've been telling you for a long time to get rid of that, Kevin. I know. He hasn't responded to we me. We need to talk about months, him. So that's weird. Yeah. That's, that's okay. He's still my assistant. Yeah. Perfect. He's talks. like, you stopped paying me. Mm-hmm. So I found a new job. Well, so that's that. Great. And that's oh, this. That was a nice episode. I really liked how, I mean, I know that you were saying that you felt like there wasn't a lot of nut meat to the nut meat mm-hmm. episode, but I'm going to beg to differ because I think that, you know, we're all so used to the typical things where, you know, like you're saying, oh, peanuts, almonds, cashews. As you know, nut meats are very high in, in healthy fats and protein. And and uh, so so it is a form of substance. Uh, in fact, uh, probably our our, our uh, ancestors in the, in the Stone Age days probably uh, probably was a large part of their diet. But it is cool to think outside the box and remember the kind of things uh, the other, the other forgotten nuts of Native America, yes. and also just a lot. Of, I mean, when you kind of dig deeper on it, the other forgotten things about North America in general, and what you know, our Native American, really the founders of this country for real. I mean, there is some beautiful, drank. beautiful, and you know what? I, a lot of they said that actually originally the the way that they would find land, especially in Dutch Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. was to go where the black walnut trees were. Wow. And that was a way to decide what was a good land because they, uh, they protected, well, it meant the land was fertile. Yeah. It meant that it was a a good guide as to, uh, where to set up shop. Yeah. You know, where you're going to put your house down. Yeah. It's just so, it's like, we don't realize, I mean, we realize, but we don't pay attention to it very often. How, kept we are today in so many ways just imagine like thinking about oh well i have to go discover where to put my house because a certain tree is you know what i mean yep now we're just like oh my god my realtor is so annoying i'm trying to get a new apartment and it's just taking forever i want this new ikea composite wood right like i want a nice can you imagine a pennsylvania dutch craftsman made farmhouse a cabinetry out of black walnut no oh i mean i can't imagine it that's gorgeous. And now I'm going to need to go macerate some peaches. Just well, apparently that's how we're making America great again. What, wait, yeah. how are we making America great again? I don't know. I'm still confused. Yeah, how the, we're doing the that. slogan doesn't seem to have any end piece to it other than racism. Well, I, yeah, I like the idea of making, oh, well, these wonderful things that we have in America. But I don't know if that's really what's happening. I don't, we won't think so. <laughs> I don't think that craftsmanship has any part of the slogan. Yeah, unfortunately. It's too bad. You know. It should. If the American Craftsman Association, I don't know if that's a thing, they should have been the one to say to make America great again because of, you know, making nice cabinetry. Not not bringing many, like yeah. Nazi people out of the fringe, maybe out of the woodwork. Well, you know maybe there's too many people. In the in, to support <laughs> no. all the black walnut cabinetry. <laughs> That's what I, I was. Who like, are I was you like, working for anyway? Wait a second. <laughs> Maybe there are too many people. You know what? Maybe there is something to this slogan. When we should make America great again. When there was nice cabinetry and yeah. uh, and chestnuts and walnuts and yeah, and we were just slaves. It was yeah, great we were enslaving. <laughs> decimating Native American populations. Yeah. That's our land now. Yeah, it was great then. Oh, wait, you can't understand? Just sign here. Yeah, that's right. It's a dollar, and that's your new currency. Perfect. Now, fork up. Nobody lived past age 32 because there was no medicine. Yeah. It was great. Now, Let's give me do those, it again. Let's give me those hickory nuts. <laughs> All right. planting almonds. Okay, well, listen, have a I fabulous week, everybody. I loved your episode. You're funny and smart. Just wonderful. Thank you so much. I just, you know, it's just a pleasure being I around really, me. I admire you. <laughs> it's a 
Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking in the mirror just now when I was saying that. (laughs) You didn't realize there was a giant mirror behind you. All right, guys. Peace out. Hasta la pasta. Bye-bye. Bye, client. (laughs) Would you say bye, client? Did we get sued? Yeah. We would get sued. What would we do? We would get sued and then we'd be screwed. If you had a nut. If you had a nut like a hickory nut. Say you have a hickory nut like a black walnut. Throw your cashews in the garbage and your peanuts in the trash. Cause it's a nutty. Bye, everybody. Life is, life is truly a banquet, because life is truly a banquet. If I had a blanket, I'd be a pig. I, I can hear you well. Oh, wait. You can hear me. Mom's calling me, too. I wonder why she's calling me. Um, hold on one second. Hello? Hello, Brett, and you called? Yeah, I'm... T- no, no, I'm sorry, I'm talking to Dad on the other line. Oh, you're talking to Dad? Yeah, oh, yeah. You- I'm interviewing him about... Oh, right, about the, the, the nuts. Yes, the nuts. Okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll All Talk right. to you later. Okay, bye Love-, Love you too. Okay, Dad? Yeah. Okay, sorry. That was Mom. That was who? Mom. Oh, she called you? I guess. She said, hmm. she, I don't know, she said, did you call? I said, no. Anyway, maybe I dialed by accident. Oh, her, oh, her, her phone rang. Her phone rings simultaneously when you FaceTime. We have them. We have oh, them that's why, that's why it's on the same account. Okay. Okay. But we linked them. We linked them. All of our episodes are recorded right here at Studio 54 at the heart of Fort Fort Green, Green, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Our rock star award-winning sound editor and producer is Christine Farrell. I'm Zara Tangora. And I'm Bretton Scott. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 